0: Flip over to Philippians chapter 1, if you would. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ.
1: Father God, we're
0: thankful for your word. I pray now that you would fill me with your spirit to speak it well, to preach it accurately. And I pray you'd fill us all with your spirit to receive it and to hear it and to act upon it. Give us thankful hearts today, we pray, Lord. We're so thankful for the reminder of that importance. And so uh, make us thankful, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The hymn writer said, For all the blessings of the year. For all the friends we hold so dear, for peace on earth, both far and near, we thank Thee, Lord. For life and health, those common things which every day and hour brings, for home where our affection clings, we thank Thee, Lord. For love of Thine, which never tires, which all our better thought inspires, and warms our lives with heavenly fires. Thanksgiving Day is just a few days hence, and of course, every time Thanksgiving comes around, my mind naturally goes to that topic. I'm sure all of ours does. And if you're like me, usually when this time rolls around, I get convicted. And I feel like hanging my head. Because I have to admit that I'm not nearly as thankful as I ought to be. I think even on Thanksgiving Day, I'm not nearly as thankful as I ought to be, because all I'm thinking about is turkey and dressing and things like that. But, (laughs) But the fact is, I think if we had the slightest notion of the grace of God in our lives and the mercy of God, which endures forever in our lives, uh, we would uh, never stop giving thanks to the Lord. It would be like a fountain welling up within. us. Our sister Susan Oswald just recently lost her sight. I can see. I don't remember the last time I thanked the Lord for the fact that I can see. I took my father to the VA hospital this week, and I was surrounded there by men and women in wheelchairs or on walkers. I can walk. Matter of fact, you won't believe this, but I can actually run a little bit if I have to. You don't have to laugh at that, (laughs) Josh. Kathy's car broke down a couple weeks ago, and my truck broke down the week following. And in the midst of my thumb sucking over that situation, I was reminded I have two cars. I have two cars. Many in California and in Florida lost their homes. I mean, lost their homes entirely. I can't fathom that. I read of one man just this past week who didn't believe in banks. And so he had every penny he owned, which was a significant amount of money, in a safe in his home. And it burnt to the ground. And everything in the safe was dust. Everything. Going, I have a home. It's warm and it's safe and it's dry. I live in America. Frail, faulty, messed up, divided, post-Christian, atheistic, modernistic, drifting toward hell. America. But free America. I'm reminded of so many who live in lands that are not free. I recently received a communique from, I think it was from the Voice of the Martyrs. And it was talking about a a place where people are not free to worship and where Christianity is actually illegal and owning a Bible is illegal. And it described how they worship on a Sunday morning. They would take their tattered Bibles that they had hidden away and they would stash it in their tackle box or something like that and then they would head out to their boat as if to say they were going fishing and they would row out in the middle of a huge body of water, and only when they could see that there was nobody around did they seek that Bible out, and they would sit there and hold church out on the middle of the water. In that same communique, I read of other Christians who had found there, again, in, a, in a, another place where Bibles are scarce, where Bibles are worth their weight in gold. They had heard about some people who were discarding some Bibles. You know how we do when a Bible is torn up and the pages are ripped out and the cover is flopping off of it, and we just say, okay, that's, that's done. we're done with that one, now we'll go buy a new one. But they saw those Bibles, and they were gold, and they took them. We live in America. We are free. How do we not say thanks? You know, if you were able to walk in here on two legs this morning, if you're not in a wheelchair or using a walker, you need to say thank you, Lord, to your King. If you can see the songs on the screen or in your hymn book, if you were able to follow along as I read the Scripture just now, you need to bow your head to your king and say thank you. If you can breathe on your own without being attached to an oxygen tank, you need to say thank you. If you have a few dollars to put in the offering plate and enough to pay your bills and keep gas in your car and feed your children, you need to bow your head to your king and say thank you. Psalm 68 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits to God. Of our salvation. Whether you are Republican or Democrat or anything in between, whether you love or hate the political system of our land, whether you think America is good or evil, the fact that you're free to have those thoughts means you ought to bow your head to your king and say thank you. Moses said, When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given Time would fail us this morning to take every place that the Bible talks about thanksgiving and share it with you. But let me just share just a few, a few verses. The Psalms, for example, are filled with the thought, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Offer to God thanksgiving. Pay your vows to the Most High. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises. Your name, O Most High. Paul's letters are filled also with that thought. He said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank Thee for the pleasure that our happy lifetime gives, for the boundless worth and treasure of a soul that ever lives mind that looks before and after, lifting eyes to things above, human tears and human laughter and the depths of human love. For the thrill, the leap, the gladness of our pulses flowing free, even for every touch of sadness that may bring us nearer thee, but above all other kindness, thine unutterable love, which to heal our sin and blindness, sent thy dear Son from above. How do we not say for all? All that being said, though, I have something very specific that I want to share with you this morning, and and this specific area of thanksgiving would be more of a personal testimony. It's not the normal type of a message that I would share with you, because as I read in my devotions the last couple of weeks from the book of Ephesians and the book of Philippians, and then actually this morning I was in Colossians uh, before the service, and I, I saw that he did the same thing there. Paul had a very specific Thanksgiving that he offered, and I think we could rightly call it a pastor's Thanksgiving. Because Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, and also in Philippians, and also in Colossians, he gave thanks very specifically. He said, I give thanks for you. I give thanks for you. And so this morning, I want to do the same. I, I, I'm thankful for all the things that we have said. And brothers, this thing up here, not working. This ain't going to work. I'm not thankful for this mic. Let me try something here. I'm sorry, folks. We've been struggling with this, trying to figure out a solution. to this. if that's better. All right. That'll sound good on the table. I'm thankful for all those things we mentioned. But let me just mention the thing that I'm thankful for here that Paul said, and it applies to me. He said in verse number 15 of Ephesians chapter 1, he said, basically, I give thanks for you for your start. He said, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. He said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I think he's saying that I give thanks for your start. I am thankful that the majority of people in this room are born again. I praise God for that truth. Some have come to know the Lord since you started coming to this church. I know that. Most, I think, already knew the Lord before you came here. But regardless, I am so thankful the fact that the majority of people in this room know him, are saved, are born again, are redeemed, are reconciled to God, are children of the Father, are forgiven of every sin that you've ever committed or ever will commit. Your faith in the Lord Jesus and your fellowship in the gospel is an encouragement. It's an encouragement to me, it's an encouragement to all of us, and it's an encouragement like no other. Paul arrived in Rome after a very discouraging time. Paul arrived in Rome after he had suffered a very harrowing journey through a terrible storm and a horrendous shipwreck, which uh, basically he had to swim to shore. And when he got at Rome, when he got at Rome, and I can only imagine uh, what emotions were going through his mind but when he got to Rome. We read this in Acts chapter 28. It says, From there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as API form and the three inns. And when Paul saw them, he thanked God. He thanked God and took courage when he was met by other believers. And so I thank the Lord for your faith in the Lord Jesus is an encouragement to me. And your faith in the Lord Jesus and your fellowship in the gospel is not only an encouragement, it's also a challenge to me. The writer to the Hebrews said this. He said, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith, toward God. I'll I'll let you in on a little secret here. I I could preach those foundational truths for the rest of my life and be perfectly happy doing so. I could preach on John 3.16 for the rest of my life and be perfectly happy doing so. How do you ever get tired of telling the glorious truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for you? But you see, you guys have heard that, most of you, and you've heard it many times. And so I find myself uh, challenged uh, to do more and to go beyond that. And I thank the Lord for that challenge. This church holds me to the fire. It asks me hard questions. It makes me dig deeper. I'm teaching a Sunday school class right now uh, during the Sunday school hour. And uh, I, I called that class, How to Study the Bible for the Purpose of Preaching the Bible. And I started out that class with this very humble statement. I said, one of the reasons that I wanted to teach this class is because I think after 40 years of teaching and preaching, I have something to share. That was nice and humble, wasn't it? But that's because actually what I was thinking. But you know what I've found? As I've taught the class, I have been repeatedly reminded that I have as much to learn in there as anybody in that room. They have asked me hard questions. They have forced me to dig into the material. They've made me study more. And you know what? I thank the Lord for it. I thank the Lord for it, for their fellowship in the gospel for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord for you, that you're born again. And at the same time, I also pray for those here who are not yet in that group. I mean, the fact is, we cannot deny the fact, it's almost certainly a fact, that in a group of this size, there are some who do not yet have faith in the Lord Jesus. Some who are not yet saved. You know how I pray that would change. And I ask you, why not today? I ask, why not make Thanksgiving 2018 the time when you make that change? When you get off the wrong road and on the right one. The date that you quit fighting God. and The date that you kneel before him. The date you stop looking for love in all the wrong places and start looking to the only one who truly loves you, the Lord Jesus Christ. The date that you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. That he will save you if you will but believe cleanse you of all your filth, heal you of all your sickness, relieve you of all your pain, forgive you of all your sin. Why not call upon Jesus and be saved today? You know, the Bible says this. It says that as your pastor, one day I'm going to stand and give an account for you. Paul, when giving his exhortation to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, he said this. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I hope that I can say the same thing. I hope that I can say that to the best of my ability and with God's help, I have not shunned to declare unto you the counsel of God, the whole counsel of God, everything that the Bible says, that I am free from your blood. I hope I can say that. Charles Spurgeon, in his autobiography, wrote this. He said, I cannot tell how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother, I remember her once praying, Now, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold on Christ and claim him as their personal Savior. Yikes! Can you imagine hearing your brother pray that? I've told them, and if they don't listen, it's on them. It's not on and the fact is, nobody who attends here for long would be able to say they didn't know the truth. And I'm not just talking about me. It's in every Sunday school class. It's in every song. It's in every Bible study. It's in every sermon. It's everywhere. I'm thankful that so many of you have openly and publicly let it be known that you believe. I'm thankful that you have faith in the Lord Jesus and fellowship in the gospel. And I pray that if you're not in that number yet, you would be. Well, Paul goes on. He says, I give thanks for your start. He says, secondly, I give thanks for your progress. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. He says, and your love for all the saints. Your progress. In our parking lot, Brother Bob mentioned this this morning there, sits a trailer filled up every inch with shoeboxes. Gifts given for the most part by you. Gifts that demonstrate your love for all the saints and your desire to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our foyer, there are mountains more that have been brought in and packed and ready to go. Only in eternity are we going to know another results of, of, of the unflagging efforts of Candy and Sherry and their team, but also everyone who brought in a box, packed a box, paid for a box. Yesterday morning, a handful of brothers and sisters led by the Eglies, Lovingly packed food into boxes and distributed it to others for Thanksgiving. The love of all the saints, the love of all of you for the saints, uh, was evident in the hearts that donated the contents, the hands that filled the boxes those who delivered them. On Sunday afternoons after worship has ended, there's a faithful group that gathers here to practice for the Christmas cantata, led by an amazing and faithful worship leader, whose love for all the saints is both inspiring and infectious. They practice so that on that day, someday in the very near future, they might sing of their Savior and tell others of each Lord's Day. There are people in the nursery. There are people in junior church teaching in Sunday school, standing watch at the doors to protect the flock, greeting and loving those uh, who who, who come in through those doors, playing instruments, standing before the congregation to lead them in worship. Every Lord's Day, faithful brothers and sisters show their love for all the saints by their faithful servants. I thank God for such. I thank God for you, for your progress, for your growth, for your love for all the saints. And, of course, there's more. We could spend a lot of time on this one, couldn't we? There are deacons who quietly and faithfully do the dirty work of building maintenance and groundskeeping and uh, service, mundane things around here. Light bulbs go out and they mysteriously and quietly get replaced. And by the way, there's one right there that needs As I was making these notes today, I thought, I think there is one out in the congregation, but... No, the light bulbs go out, they get replaced, lawn gets mowed, sidewalks get cleared. Now that I'm in the office more during the week, I'm amazed at how many times somebody just walks in uh, and is doing something around here nobody even knows about. And then there are the deaconesses who ensure our communion services flow every single Lord's Day, without a hitch, work right alongside of the deacons, behind the scenes. How could I ever give thanks sufficiently for our elders? Elders who serve alongside me in this place and uphold my hands as Aaron and her did for Moses, who also hold me to the fire and keep me accountable, let me get away with nothing, who bring their wisdom and knowledge of the word to bear, who pray with me and for me and for you. I can go on. What about our sister Susan? her labor with the ladies' ministry, or our brother Don and his labor with the men's ministries. What of Josh and Elena and Beth and Mark, and who picked up the mantle of the youth ministries and have been faithful to it? What of Josh and Elena heading off now to a foreign land to serve their Lord in, a, in, a, in another place? What of Sister Sue's quiet and godly service in the office? What of Sister Sharon's quiet, picking up of the treasury job, or of Mary Ann's carrying it so faithfully for so long? What of the faithful handful who serve at the Haven of Rest each month? Or what of our dear Trudy and her army who come in here and do the men's prayer breakfast every week? Or the faithful remnant who gather here every Wednesday night and pray for you? Forgive me if I can't name everybody, but those are the ones that come to mind. You're so blessed in this church. And I am so blessed as your pastor. And I give thanks for you. I give thanks for your progress, for your love for all the saints. Paul said, I give thanks for your start. I give thanks for your progress. Finally, he said, I give thanks for your finish. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6, being confident that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I can look out across this room this morning, and I can know that what we have here will not end. That what we have here will only get better. And it's going to last forever. It's going to last into eternity, even when petty conflicts and disagreements might arise, which is almost never. But if it did, it's only temporary. And this glorious little family is one day going to join the rest of God's family and enjoy peace and harmony and joy forever. I'm thankful that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I am thankful that those of you who suffer will one day suffer no more. That those who are sick now will one day know perfect health. That those who are depressed and discouraged now will laugh and rejoice. That those who are poor and in need now will one day know wealth and provision. That those who miss loved ones now will be reunited with them again. I am thankful that all that is crooked now will be made straight. I am thankful that all that is hard now will be made smooth. All that is wrong will be made light, bright, and all that is sick will be healed. All that is ugly will be made beautiful, and all that is evil will be destroyed, and all that is good will be rewarded. The psalmist said, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. And Paul reminded the Thessalonians, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you whose fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now has been clear and whose love for all the saints is on constant display and will soon be rewarded on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Soon and very soon. We're going to see the King. And what a day that will be. How I thank God as I look around this room that so many of you will see it too. So we have a lot to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving day, don't we? Another songwriter said this, he said "Tis thanksgiving morn again, Lift your voices, sons of men, from the earth to God above. Lift your hearts in praise and love. Thank him for his loving care. Thank him for the blessed air. Thank him for the sunlight shed. Thank him for your daily bread. Thank him that our favored land, by the bounty of his hand, richly her abundance yields from her orchards and her fields. Thank him that no poisonous breath freighted with the germs of death or our land pursues its path in all its consuming wrath. While the sweeping blast of war rages over lands afar, thank him that the wings of peace all our wide domain embrace. Sons of men, your voices lift for the precious, priceless gift offered up for you and me on the Mount of Calvary. So much to be thankful for. But today, your pastor wants to thank God for you. For your fellowship in the gospel, for your love for all the saints, for the future that awaits. I thank God for you. Father, I do indeed thank you for this, your wonderful church, for these, my brothers and sisters. And I do pray today that, Lord, you'll work now as we conclude our service in all of our hearts. And Father, just fill us with such a spirit of thanksgiving today. Lord, I thank you for the joy it is to prepare sermons and to think through these things and to study and, and prepare and, and, and to have you work in my heart like this. Lord, I, I don't remember a time when I have felt more thankful for the blessings in my life, and I pray that would just be the truth with all of us. As we sing, as we wrap up our service, fill us with a heart of thanksgiving. Most of all, Lord, all these different things that we've, we've talked about are important, but most of all, Lord. Fill us with the spirit of thanksgiving for what we have in Christ, that we are saved, that we are born again, that we are forgiven of our every sin. And, all Father, I pray if there's anybody here who has not yet experienced that, who has never yet been born again, if they they were to die today, they don't know for certain whether they'd go to heaven. Uh, They've heard the words, but they've never acted upon it all. Father, today, would you please do a work in their heart? Would you save their soul this day? Would you make it crystal clear to them? that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary for them, that if they'll but believe and receive him as their Savior, that they too can have eternal life and forgiveness and and, and be saved forever. Lord, and I pray if there's anybody here who doesn't yet understand that and has questions, if they'll know they can step out as we sing, and, and someone will take the Bible and help them to understand. However it happens, Lord, I pray that no one will leave this place lost. Everyone will turn their life to you today that needs to. And that, the Lord, everyone will be able to leave this place rejoicing and thankful for what they have in Jesus. We pray it all in his name. And, Father, with hearts of thanksgiving.